You are listening to the Citizens Church Podcast. Citizens Church exists to saturate Bryan College Station, Texas with the good news and love of Jesus. To learn more about Citizens Church, visit us online at citizensbcs.com. Today's message is from Pastor Ben Rush. Amen. Leo Carly, that was great. It was awesome. Thank you for leading us in worship. Um, so if you'll grab your Bible, everyone, we will um, be in Psalm chapter 13. If you you saw the note, you can follow along. If you don't have your Bible handy, um, there's a service guide that we send out every afternoon. And uh, so you, you've got it there, or if you've got your, your Bible handy, we're going to actually flip around a little bit in a few different scriptures that aren't that aren't on there. So uh, just get ready for that. <laughs> we'll, we'll be hanging out in Psalms though. So, uh, you know, lots gone on in the last uh, couple of weeks. And today I feel two things that are actually um, opposite from one another. On one hand, I, I feel a deep sense of sadness and maybe someday some anger, um, some grief and the Bible calls this word lament, lament. So we're going to be talking about lament tonight. Um, it's not a word that we use very often. It's uh, an important part of worship that's really largely uh, unexplored today, especially in the West. Um, so I, I feel this deep sense of lament on one side and on the other side, I have uh, this hope that God will bring about justice and healing uh, to our black and brown brothers and sisters and to our community, to our nation. And so, uh, as you can imagine, these are two opposing things at first blush. It feels like hope and joy and all of these positive things are opposite from the lament. And it reminded me, First, first uh, Thessalonians, I think it's 4.13, Paul says, uh, we grieve, but not as those who have no hope. And I don't know about you guys, but that's something that I've been holding on to lately is that even though it's complicated and complex, Paul's laying out that there's this deep sense of hopefulness that exists right alongside uh, the lament. And that's difficult to understand because typically, like I said, we gravitate towards one or uh, the other, but our real hope is rooted in suffering. That's what we read all throughout Scripture, especially in the New Testament. When Paul's writing all of these letters, we've we've read it before that the hope that we have is actually found in the suffering that we experience, and it's not a hope that moves around suffering. It's not a hope that avoids suffering or pain or grief. It's it's hope that is really found and built in. Uh, suffering and pain and grief and protest and lament. And uh, as I said, this is super confusing as most things are in the life of faith because, you know, in the West, we're so saturated in these ideologies and ways of thinking that actually suppress lament because our culture said there's no place for it. Just move on, get over it, put on a happy face. Uh, and so we approach our problems and our difficulties with this power of positive thinking kind of approach, like don't sweat the small stuff, this kind of teaching that leaves no room for processing any kind of sadness or grief or any emotion, especially with God. 
And uh, when something happens like a pandemic or something happens like what happened with George Floyd, uh, we, we start to press into that this is systemic racism and white privilege and racial reconciliation. And we start to listen and we start to learn and it, it's uncomfortable. And obviously for obvious reasons, it, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's painful. It doesn't feel good. It's hard. Uh, and, and there's this temptation that I have felt to just kind of get back to normal. Like, let's just move on past this stuff. Let's just, no, it's not that bad. It's, it's actually, it's okay. And, and it's really not okay. And, it's not time to move on yet <laughs> because without fully engaging in biblical lament, our hope is really, really shallow. It's really shallow. Um, I'm reading a book called the prophetic lament. Um, it's called, it's written by a guy named Sun Cha Ran. And he said this, to only have a theology of celebration, to only have a, a theology of celebration at the cost of the, at the cost of theology of the theology of suffering, excuse me, let me say that all over again. To only have a theology of celebration at the cost of the theology of suffering is incomplete. The intersection of, of these two threads provides the opportunity to really engage in the fullness of the gospel message, lament and praise, or what I'm making the case for, and what Paul made the case for in 1 Thessalonians 4:13 is that that lament and hope, that grief and hope actually must go hand in hand. And he goes on to say that the theology of celebration will always be more attractive. The, the theology of celebration will always be more attractive than the theology of suffering. But if lament were offered to a suffering world, the hope that is woven into lament offers the possibility of genuine reconciliation. And that's what we're advocating for. That's what we're pressing into is genuine reconciliation. And so we've got to talk about these things and we've got to bring these issues to light. And uh, when we do see things as they are, it is overwhelming. It's heartbreaking. It's it's agonizing. And so how do we respond? How do we fight the urge to just sort of like move on? Uh, Because the, the pain that we feel is really an invitation to engage with God through those emotions and not suppress them or push them down or ignore them or move on or act like they don't exist. If we learn to lament, we're not living. If we don't learn to lament, we're not really living out the teaching of the gospel. We're actually believing in a different gospel because threaded all throughout the narrative of scripture and especially in the book of Psalms. And I'm going to show you a few passages today is this case for lament And so I admit that even right now, there's a temptation to just kind of move on and smile and talk about uh, something else. Uh, But I have felt the spirit say in the last few days to lean in, to lean into this. And so we're going to look at Psalm 13. We're going to answer two questions. That's my goal tonight is to answer two questions. Number one, what is lament? And number two, why should we lament? There's a whole lot more that can be talked about, but what is lament and why should we, we, we lament? So uh, over a third of the Psalms, 50 or more of the 150 Psalms are written from a place of pain or lament. And lament is not my typical prayer. I don't know about you, but my typical prayer is full of requests. Like spend some time adoring God and thanking God. Yes, but it's also a lot of requests. Uh, 
you know, God bless him or her or provide for him or her. God help me with this situation or that situation. And I, I really don't have a language of lament that's in my normal prayer life. But I've begun to feel this tension. And I, I, I went into the Psalms and saw there's a vocabulary that David and the psalmists, the other contributors to the psalm, write that engage at this level. So let's just look at, at Psalm 13 real quick. Verse 1. We're going to go verse by verse. There's only six verses. Psalm 13 verse 1 says this. How long, Lord? Many of our brothers and sisters are praying that prayer right now. How long, Lord? I remember my first response to um, the video of George Floyd was how long? Like, like seriously, how long? How long, Lord? And this is David praying this. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Is that a request? It doesn't, it doesn't sound like it, a request. It, it, it sounds like frustration to me, uh, restlessness, exhaustion, isolation. Uh, verse two, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Again, doesn't sound like a request to me. David starts his prayer out. This is a model. The Psalms are model prayers for us. They're language for us to engage with God. And David does a, a masterful job, not only here in, in Psalm 13. We'll jump to a few others in a second. But David is starting out his prayer describing to God what is going on in his heart. He's saying, I feel alone. I feel isolated. I, I feel anxious. I, I have this mental anguish. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? In another translation, it says, like, how long must I have this anxiety? I'm, I'm afraid. And David gives God a play-by-play -play description of what's happening and how he feels. And so my working definition for lament, if you want to write this down, is this. is Lament is when we talk to God about what's happening to us and how that makes us feel. Lament is when we talk to God about what's happening to us and how that makes us feel. Well, God already knows everything uh, that we feel. So why do we need to tell him what's happening and, and how we're feeling? In other words, why should we lament? Well, lament is more than complaining. It's our response to suffering and it engages God in the context of that pain and the entire process leads us to praise, as we'll see. And so it's that hope that's kind of threaded into this, this cry for justice, this cry of suffering, this, this cry of hopelessness. Um, I, I just want to point us to a couple other scriptures in Psalm. If you'll turn to the left, Psalm 10, verse 1, Paul starts off saying this, Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? I mean, he's just saying like, this is how I feel. And then he goes on. He says, in his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes uh, he devises. He boasts about the cravings of his heart. He goes on and on and on. David here does. And he's describing what's going on and how he feels. One of the most famous Psalms of lament is Psalm 22. It's famous because Jesus prays this prayer on 
the cross. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out day by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. He's describing to God, lament is describing to God what's going on and how you feel about it. There are other Psalms of lament. Like I said, there are over 50, over 50 of the 150 Psalms. Psalm 60, Psalm 79, Psalm 80, Psalms of Lament, Psalms of Lament. So we lament, we bring God our emotion, our, our frustration, our anger even, because God wants to be involved in that pain process. Instead of pushing it down, he wants to be involved. And it's a vulnerable expression of our souls. And in that process, we bear everything to him who knows us and created us and loves us. He doesn't want us to act like everything's fine. And, oh, Jesus, I just love you this morning. And maybe you wake up feeling that way, but maybe you don't. And you feel like you've got to go through those uh, motions, so to speak. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. I, I know how you really feel. Like, just tell me what's going on. And that's what David is. That's what David's doing. And David's the man after God's own heart. So I want to be, I want to pray like David prayed. I want us to pray like David prayed. I want us to have a language of lament. Um, and we should lament because we have a loving God, right? We read it this last week in Galatians chapter four, verse six. We've been adopted as children of God. Now we call him Abba Father, Abba Father, who wants to know what's going on inside of us. Okay. Back to Psalm 13, um, pick it up on, I think I left off verse three. Verse three, <clears throat> he continues. He says, look on me, answer, Lord, my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice uh, when I fall. So after his expressing, David's expressing his deep uh, pain and anguish and even his, his protest uh, with the good shepherd, the good father who cares about what he's thinking and feeling. Then David gets to the request, right? He says, look at me, uh, answer me and give light to my eyes. God, look at me, answer me, give light to my eyes, which is like, hey, like give me, I need some strength right now. I need your encouragement. Uh, would you, would you look at me? Would you answer me? Would you help me right now? He finally gets to his request. He doesn't start with the request. He starts with just telling God exactly what's going on. And then verse five says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation and I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Man, that's good because I mean, he, he starts with lament and it sounds pretty terrible. How long will you forget me forever? How long are you going to hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with all of the stuff, this anxiety? How long will my enemy triumph over me? He starts there, but then he gets to this point where he says, I will sing the Lord's praise. He's been good to me before. In, uh, in other Psalms of lament, uh, David reminds God of his own attributes, his own promises. Hey, God, you said that you would be faithful. Lord, I need you to be faithful right now. God, you have been faithful in the past. And so this 
this whole process of lament, what it ends up doing is it, it turns our hearts and minds upward in surrender. We say, hey, we have nothing to give and we are so desperate for you. I'm not going to hide my heart and my soul from you. I'm not going to just push stuff down in the midst of everything that's going on right now. Lots of sadness, lots of grief, lots of angst and frustration. And, and I think that God is asking us into that process with him where we share those, emotion with, uh, those emotions with him. It's not just complaining, though. It's not just like um, listing your complaints to the Lord. Um, it, there's also another quote in this book, a prophetic lament. He says this, laments are prayers of petition arising out of need. Lament is not simply the presentation of a list of complaints, not merely the expression of sadness over difficult circumstances. Lament in the Bible is a liturgical response to the reality of suffering and it engages God in the context of pain and trouble. The hope of lament is that God would respond to human suffering that is wholeheartedly communicated through lament. And so as I close this time of just opening God's word, I want to encourage you to really press into lament. We're going to talk about it some more. This is not, again, a one and done uh, conversation. This is something that I'm learning about. I don't come to you as someone that's an expert in this area. This is something that I'm, I'm learning right alongside with you guys. I want to say three things uh, close just to close this subject. Number, number one is maybe you are really joyful right now. Maybe you are really hope-filled right now. And I just want to say to you that, 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 I'm not. <laughs> and so thank God for that grace right now that he's given you the ability in the middle of a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, we're opening back up and I'm really looking forward to getting back together instead of meeting on Zoom on Sunday nights. I mean, that's something that, that's an aside. Be praying about that for us as we as we look for a space. Uh, but maybe you're hope filled and you're joyful right now. Thank God for the grace that he's given you to be uh joyful and hopeful right now, but be careful. You guys who are really happy, be careful not to belittle those of us or others that are grieving or lamenting or assume that you are at some higher spiritual place than others are. Just because you're feeling these feelings and others feel maybe more of a negative kind of downcast feeling. Hey, there's a biblical precedent for it. Don't rush us. We're in the process of, of wrestling with this stuff that doesn't make sense. And God wants us to, to wrestle with them in that area. So that's my encouragement to you. And the other thing is, hey, you might need to check yourself. You might need to check yourself to make sure you're not repressing feelings of lament or sadness or grief. And I can say that as someone that's just naturally a happy person that does put on the happy face. And I had a friend call me out a couple weeks ago and said, Hey, you don't have to smile. You don't like we, we hang out, we, we have these meetings and you're all smiles, bro. I know you don't really feel that way on the inside. And so it was an invitation for me to really, yeah, you're right. I don't really feel like smiling right now. Uh, so if you're like me also, in that you feel like you have to have this performance smile or happiness on all the time. 
you know, check yourself. Maybe you're repressing some feelings that the, you need to surrender to the Lord, right? Okay, if you're not, I guess if you are where I'm at, I already talked about if you're not where I'm at. If you're at where I'm at and you're feeling these feelings, uh, what do we do with them? What do we do with the pain, the frustration? We pray these prayers of protest. And I'm, I'm using that word because it is a definition of lament. It's a protest to God. Like, I am not satisfied with the way that things are right now, God. And I'm upset and I'm angry. I'm angry and, and I feel alone. I feel isolated. Uh, pray those prayers of protest to God and express to him how you feel and what's going on and how you feel about it. What's going on and how you feel about it. And, and that's, that's, that's what biblical lament is. God's inviting us into that process. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel some of these feelings, like I've talked about, don't feel guilty about it. It's okay to feel your feelings. Uh, God can handle it. I guarantee you. And I just invite you to look to Jesus. He has experienced everything that we are experienced. That's what the Bible says. And so we can turn to him. He's trustworthy. He's faithful. He's good. And, um, and so in the midst of just a lot of questions and a lot of dark nights, uh, I want to encourage us as citizens church to press into the Lord in this way and really experience the, the full gospel, right? Not just the side that's the most attractive, the celebratory hype. Yeah. Side of Jesus, which is totally there, but the other side as well. He's, He's asking us to, to engage with him there. Okay, so um, in just a second, Michelle's going to pray, dismiss, but we're going to we're going to respond in three ways. Uh, there's no text message coming tonight, no discussion questions tonight. There are three things we're gonna we're gonna do as a church. Number one, Brian already told us about. Brian Lee told us about the prayer gathering that's happening at SOS. We're going to do that as a church. I invite you to be there on Tuesday night. Uh, Ashley and I and the family, we already had a, a trip planned. We won't be there, sadly, but it's for 10 nights. So we're going to hit the back end at some point when we come back into town. Maybe you can't make all of those 10 nights. Like Brian said, if you can make it on Tuesday night, show up and even bring this kind of protest to the Lord. Like, hey, we're we're so hungry, God. We, we surrender. We are hungry for revival. We're hungry for change. God, would you do something in our land, in this time, in Bryan College Station, in our hearts, Lord God. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Wednesday night, we still have communities and you can, you can decide. You go Tuesday, maybe you want to go back on Wednesday. Freedom, grace to do that. Um, but we are still meeting as communities. And uh, so that's one way we're going to respond. The second way is there is a protest that's going on in Bryan. It starts in 13 minutes. Uh, some of us are going. Uh, it's totally your call to go. Um, it was a safe, kind of peaceful protest last week. There are some unconfirmed uh, rumblings that this week might get a little more rowdy. And so I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I mean, I think some of it is, is because, you know, George Floyd's son, is a Brian resident. You've seen the news. There have been reports of, of people driving into other cities to do stuff. And so that may happen tonight. I don't know, but just be aware, uh, just be cautious, look, be around of your surroundings. If you're going, I'm going to go. Um, and so I hope, I hope to see you there. We're going to protest, you know, we're going to, 
raise up this cause and raise awareness and stand together with our brothers and sisters or black brothers and sisters. Okay. So that's the second way. Third way is what we've been talking about. We're just going to add the language of lament into our daily prayer life. And so, um, I would encourage you even to write your own lament. I mean, it's a very simple structure. You're telling God, this is how I feel. This is what, or this is what's going on. This is how I feel, right? This is what you've said about yourself, God, in scripture. And you can even write those verses down. David does it like, Hey, you said this, God, you said this and he can handle it. And, and, and then you, you bring your request to him and then a praise at the end. Lord, you're faithful. You're so good. You're so holy. You're so sovereign. And so we love you. you know? So I'd encourage you to write, write your own lament. So we're going to respond by being a part of the Tuesday night uh, prayer gathering at SOS. We're going to respond uh, by going in, in to the protest that's starting here now in 11 minutes. And we're going to write our own lament prayers. We're going to engage in this way. All right, uh, Michelle, would you pray and would you uh, close us out? Thanks for joining us today for the message. We hope it was encouraging to you. To learn more about Citizens Church, including gathering times and locations, or to give financial support, please visit citizensbcs.com. And again, thanks for listening to the Citizens Church podcast.